Inter-American University of Puerto Rico in Orlando is your best option for online and in-classroom courses. Reach your goals. Your time is now. Don't wait any longer. Enroll today. Visit orlandointeredu or call them at 407-218-4164. All right, welcome to the Fred McNair program here on the Brave Sports Network, Facebook, WPRL on Facebook, Facebook Live, WPRL 91.7, Alcorn Public Radio, broadcasting from the campus of Alcorn State University. That's where we are here in Studio B, WMIS, WTYJ in Natchez, 1240 AM, The Beat, 97.7, that station there, brand new owner, really pumping it up in the Natchez area part of the Braves Sports Network at 90.1 WNPR in Jackson, the voice of the community. The Fred McNair program here on this Monday night. Charles Edmund, your host. Glad you can join us. To my left is Braves head football coach Fred McNair. Coach McNair, how you doing here on this Monday night? I'm doing pretty good, Charles. Um, Just trying to get ready for a good football game coming up on this Saturday against Prairie View. Uh, Just trying to make sure that we have our pieces in place and um, try to get ready for for another physical match. I, I tell you what, before we get into the game, I just wanted to say this from a logistics standpoint and the travel, the flight from uh, Jackson to Daytona, an hour and change going, an hour and change coming back, rip, a very quick flight. We ran into tropical storm conditions uh, flying into Daytona, and it was that way Friday and into Saturday morning where you didn't get a chance to get a walkthrough in uh, outside. So all those things you had to deal with in spite of, you played a Bethune-Cookman team that was 0-8 coming in, some close losses by that Bethune-Cookman team, led Jackson State 9 nothing, and you've been talking about it throughout the course of this season. You look at the calendar, you look at the schedule, you got your pen in hand, and in years past you might be able to pencil in a game that you can get. Not the case this year, and we're taking on an, uh, an 0-8 team that was so close to winning probably three games. If they make probably six or seven plays in their previous games, they probably win three games. But uh, this was a this was a tough loss, obviously. Yeah, no doubt. You know, all week, you know, we kind of emphasized the the magnitude of this game going into Daytona to play a good Bethune-Cookman football program. Uh, emphasized that. You know, just telling the guys that this is not an ordinary football team we want to play. Uh, this team has been very close in games, been leading games, of course. Um, but, you know, just going into a hostile environment uh, down in Daytona, um, kind of a tough, 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 tough battle for us. Uh, I think the kids really gave a lot of effort. Um, they made more big plays than we made. Uh, they come down to the big plays, and uh, they had a lot of them. Uh, we were able to capitalize on the things that we were able to capitalize on for us in terms of the big play uh, that we need to make, the big plays that they made, of course. Uh, but it, it came down to who made the, the most most plays, and they made the most plays than we did uh, during the course of the game, Charles. Offense, defense, special teams, those are the components that make up a football game. You look at the numbers, we dominated in a lot of numbers, two to one in terms of offense and plays. So offensively, Felix Harper, 300-yard passing game, defensively, you know, trying to get off the field and then special teams. You know, a couple of a turnover on special teams as Manny Jones tried to get away from or attempted to get away from a, a kick and he, he thought better of it and, and caught it and was bumped off of it and it was a fumble. They got it on a short field in the 80-yard kickoff return. Uh, just those those things, they may be little in the grand scheme of things, but they're big when you look back on a close game. You know, going into the game, we, we really thought that the win was going to play a factor 
uh, knowing Friday night that the way the wind was gusting Friday night and getting up Saturday morning, uh, knowing that the wind was still blowing, uh, we made sure that we talked to the players about uh, returning kicks and filling punts and things of that nature. And um, just so ironic, you know, the punt came and he called Peter to get away from it, but still he tried to attempt to catch it. Um, so um, those things, Charles, that, that, that's really just kind of a miscue for us and, and didn't benefit us, and they capitalized on that on that turnover there, uh, went out and scored a touchdown and, and put us uh, put them up 7-3, you know, uh, things of that nature. You know, the win was a, a factor um, when it wanted to be, you know, so um, we just have to be smart as players and understand what the coach is telling them and what to do uh, to do that job, and that's the biggest thing, you know. Uh, <clears throat> but, you know, things like that happen, Charles, in the course of the game. Uh, we had a kick return for a touchdown. Um, so just those things that we didn't really fall in our lanes and, and cover the gaps and make the tackle. So uh, then, of course, of the game, of course, the special team um, coming out the halftime, you know, we, they get make a big play uh, for a long touchdown coming out the halftime and things of that nature. Uh, but, you know, we just plan with a lot of effort, uh, just kind of kind of keep playing and, and the kids are playing hard. Um, that's no doubt. Uh, the effort is there. So we just got to be able to, to get to get guys back to the playing service to where we need them, where we can do things that we need to do in terms of uh, offense and defense and special teams is really what's, um, really what's hurting uh, the Braves football program now. But, you know, we put little men out there to play, and they're capable of making plays. So we don't make excuses about that. Uh, we just have to continue to fight and continue to play hard, um, which I think we will for the next game here on uh, on Saturday, Charles, against Perryview. Coach Thornton, Cedric Thornton, the defensive coordinator, I talked with him a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying just basically the same thing. Man, kids give it max effort. They're getting after it. They're flying around. But sometimes you know, doing too much, trying to do a little bit too much out there. Do you see that kind of in all three phases? No, I, I, in terms of what we're doing as coaches, we're teaching them the proper things to do. Uh, but they just have to just be able to rely on us to, to put them in place to make plays. And that's the only thing that, that that's kind of discouraging, you know, um, just being able to to just to make the play that need to be made. And there are plays to be made. Uh, we we right there on the play, but we're just not making it. And that's that's what's so discouraging, we're not making that play. Um, <clears throat> offensive, defensive, special team, making tackles on special teams is, is, is very important. Uh, when you have a guy bottle up on a return, uh, just being able to make that play, um, but we did not. We did not make those plays. We did not make enough plays um, to overcome what they're making. So let's look at the scoring coach right off the bat. We won the toss, took the football, and got the ball to the twenty-yard line. Um, we got as close as the Wildcats' seven-yard line, and uh, and I with a attempt of seventeen yards to make it a three-to-nothing game. Coach, we had it first down and goal from the seven, had to settle for three. What would you like about that first drive, although we had to settle for a field goal? I never like a drive when you have to settle for a field goal. Um, I'm not taking anything away from our, our three points, but in the red zone, you have to score touchdowns. And, and, and now, like I said, you know, um, everybody's scoring, to, they're scoring a lot of points now. So we have to be able to capitalize on, on, on those plays and score touchdowns in the red zone. And we have to be able to finish a drive. That's what we're talking about, finish. You want to finish that drive with a touchdown, put it in the box. Um, now, when they come back and we had that miscue on the punt, now the score is 7-7, you know. Um, but, you know, things like that, and it's happened, Charles, and, and that's been something that we've been we've been pushing real hard on. 
of these guys just to finish drives and finish the play, you know. And um, but we haven't done that and caused us to 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 kick that field goal there. Yeah, it was three nothing at that point. Then the uh, Wildcats got the ball at the twenty yard line. They were forced to punt. We got off the field fourth and seven, and then on the punt attempt, and you've talked about it, a very short kick in the wind. And I could just, you know, relive it. Manny Jones it was a very short kick, first of all. And Manny got away from it. Looked like he was just going to get away from it, stay away from it. And you look up, and on the hop, on this turf, uh, he caught it on the hop. And next thing you know, the ball's on the ground. They got it at the 31-yard line. Uh, what, what, was, what was the explanation there as he came off the field? Because that, that was tough. It looked very innocent. But then uh, we know what happened on the other end. It was. It, it was an explanation, Charles. And, and he knew what he did was wrong. Uh, uh, in terms of that, because he made the call to get away from the ball, and he he went up and and tried to catch it, and um, and that's a no no, because anytime you call Peter, you get away from it, and uh, that's in terms of him and alerting the other players to do the same thing, uh, but instead he tried to go and catch it and and try to make something out of it, which I thought was was crazy, and I talked to him on the sideline and just get him understand, we just need the ball offensively. Uh, we don't need no heroic stuff, you know. Don't be selfish uh, and try to make something out of nothing. And wish there he wasn't gonna get anything because there was men standing right over him when he was trying to catch it. So um, we just made a bonehead mistake there, and uh, they were able to capitalize with a touchdown um, after that mistake. Yeah, they did. As Averett, a thirty-one yard touchdown reception, and you talk about a load to cover. He's six six. 260, and and we talk about the challenges there because they obviously found that matchup, and and we tried to you know go one on one with them, and they threw it over the top back shoulder throws. Talk about the challenges of covering this this kid, Averett. You know the biggest thing is that the challenge was we knew all week that that he was a big old big old kid and going to be hard to cover, and uh, Coach Thornton did give help over the top. Um, but, you know, sometimes the, the kids, they check stuff, and, and for no reason at all, uh, they make checks on it and, and then get over the top of the guy to cover the fade ball, and that's what happened uh, when you do that. But if you stay with the call, the quarterback throw it right to you. You know, so they didn't do that. Uh, just some things that just was out of place, Charles, and, and just get them to understand, just just play what's called and we'll live with it. You know, I think the defensive coordinator has been doing a great job throughout the whole season. But just in terms of guys being hurt, and he putting guys in place to to make plays, and you know it's almost a six in one hand, half a dozen in the other one. Charles, when you can when you can't apply pressure because you don't know what's going to happen on the back end, and you don't want to play man to man because you don't know if the quarterback wants to make that and throw all day. So take all day to throw it, but you know it's just the, just the things the thing that we have to do. We got to fix this in the house, and uh, I think we will this week and get the kids to understand. You know it's it's all or nothing this weekend. Um, we just got to come out and play lights out, play hard, play with a lot of effort, and not make mistakes. Um, just give us a chance. And they did that on Saturday against Bethune-Cookman. Hard, stayed in it, kept going back and forth in the, in the second half. We'll get to that action coming up. But as we move forward, Coach, 2.42 left in the first quarter. We got the ball at the 34-yard line, our own 34. And Nico Duffy, a three-yard rush, and then put the ball on the ground, recovered by Franklin at the 46-yard line. Duffy in a pile straight ahead. Talk about that play. You know, that's a, that's a little thing we talk about with the with the young men all the time, you know. And we just do the little things, right? What is on off the field? You know, that carries a lot of weight. Uh, we try to get them to do things right off the field as well as on the field. 
you know, Nico fumbled against Southern last week, coming out in the red zone uh, on the three-yard line. And so this week he led another one on the ground. So, um, you know, he, he's been a solid player for the for the – for the early part of the season, and all of a sudden now you just put the ball on the ground, which is a no-no. Um, and at that position, we don't really have a whole lot of depth. Uh, at that position, we have four guys. Um, the two that the two that's playing now uh, by committee, and then you have uh, Leatherwood and and uh, Jonathan Bolton uh, to play. Um, but you know, we thought we could just ride those guys the rest of the season, hopefully, and not make mistakes. But now we have to find some other solution now that. And then Nico was put the ball on the ground and find out what's going on with him. So with that fumble, uh, Bethune-Cookman got the ball at the 49-yard line, but then it was a fourth and eight, and we got a partial block as McCollum with a block, and we got the football coach uh, around the 47-yard line. So special teams, there was a positive play right there as we got off the field, and we got a partial block. So I think we've been, we've been blocking punts for the last four four weeks. Uh, charge in terms of what we're doing on special teams as far as our PBR team has been doing. I think they've been doing an excellent job of, of, of getting back there and uh, blocking the punts and stuff like that. So we just got to continue that trend on special teams and, and kind of minimize the mistakes on the other part of the special teams and um, and, and try to make up the difference there. Um, so we, we've been doing good on special teams, I think, that in terms of what we've been doing here lately. 7-3 at the end of the first quarter. We'll look at the second quarter action. Stafford Anderson with a huge day, both scoring and rushing the football. We'll talk about that. Boy, you just look at the numbers. If you just don't even look at the score, just look at the numbers. You think the Braves would have won this one pretty good, 2-1 to one in a lot of different categories. But, that, yep, we come up short. We'll take a break. We'll look at the second quarter action when we come back here on the Fred McNair Show. It's important to plan ahead for emergencies, like, like the storm. storm. When it kicked in, we had we a plan. Separated. We, we were, were able to get in touch with each other and had no time. idea how to find each other. The whole experience was, was the most frightening 10 hours of my life. If there's one piece of advice I'd offer other moms out there, it's to stay it's calm and keep to this plan. message. Some parents plan ahead. Some don't. Make sure you know where to find your family in an emergency. Visit BeReady.Iowa.gov. Brought to you by Ready Iowa, FEMA, and the Ad Council. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we provide more than $150 billion each year in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov. All right, welcome back to the Fred McNair program, 601-877-6595. Give us a call. You can text a question. We've got some text to get to, 601-348-7254. And I'm on Twitter, Tall Man Radio. has some tweets as well. Coach, looking at the second quarter, 7-3 at the end of the first quarter, Stafford Anderson got it going as we outscored the Wildcats 14-0 in the second quarter. Stafford Anderson, 116 yards rushing, three touchdowns, some short runs. And uh, when we got the ball close to the goal line, Stafford Anderson would not be stopped as in the second quarter as he got a one-yard touchdown run to give the Braves a 10-7 lead. That's big. That's big, Charles. And Stafford been very solid uh, since he came back off the injury. Um, you know, Charles, they've been doing some great things for us. Um, been running the ball well. Been doing good in pass, pass pro. Uh, so he's one of the guys that I say, you know, we just got to lay our hats on and um, just make sure we get the best of him. 
So it was a ten to seven at that point, and then uh, seventeen to seven as Stafford Anderson's one yard run. Um, it capped off a fifty five yard drive there, Coach Felix Harper, with a three hundred yard passing day, and the running game was really going. So talk a little about that, Coach, in terms of Stafford Anderson getting those short runs and one hundred sixteen yards rushing. You know the biggest thing is uh, Charge. You know, like I say, he's been solid and he's running the ball well. You see, he got good vision uh, between the tackles. Uh, and doing things with, with, with power and then breaking loose on run and stuff like that. So it means a lot to us to have a back like Stanford um, to run the football as well as he ran it, and plus the gain in the yards that he's doing on the carries that he has. So uh, we're going to feed him and uh, keep feeding him. And the offensive line is doing a tremendous job uh, opening up the holes for him and so he can get through it and, and make those yards. So uh, hats off to those guys up front for, for, for giving the, the, the gaps to run in. It's solid game for, for Stafford, solid running game as well. The Braves at that point uh, with a lead of 17-7, to 7, and, Coach, we had a chance to get three points at the end of the half as we got the ball with 2.13 left till halftime at our 12-yard line. Got to Bethune-Cookman's 28 and missed a field goal there, 38 yards. Could have added to our lead. Talk about the operation there. You know, the biggest thing is, and, and it starts with the, with the snap, and I, I talked to Jason uh during the course of the game, you have to have a perfect snap at that point. You know, we got a long field goal. Everything kind of be perfect with the operation. Uh, he had a, a snap that came into the side of the holder and him to get it around and he had the laces turned. So, uh, Kiata been doing a great job of, of kicking extra points and field goals. Uh, he had a distance on it, just put it to the left a little bit. But, you know, just getting down there with the time that we have uh, in a two-minute drill that we work on on Wednesday – uh, was great for us to have an opportunity to score points. Uh, we had two two setbacks. We had a sack and a, a holding penalty, um, which was time-consuming. Uh, with a little more time, we'd get a chance to, to move the ball on down the field a little bit more. So um, just fortunate enough to make, a, make an attempt for a field goal, very important to us to try to get points before the half. And so it was 17-7, Coach, at the end of the first half. And you, you've been talking about it, just not getting in our own way. We're able to get some points. We're able to get some things done, but just just get out of our own way, and we can we can have an even better situation. That's exactly right, Charles. You know things like that, and and we tell them uh, way before time. You know what to do, and and what won't need to happen. And uh, in terms of that, we don't need sacks uh, during the course of a two minute drill. Uh, get rid of the ball. We don't need a whole lot of scrambling around. It's going to cause you to hold. Uh, so things of that nature, Charles. You know we just have to just keep reminding these players of those things and. And something that's been taught daily um, and everything that we're teaching these guys to do um, don't always occur during the course of a football game. I understand that that the, the, the pressure builds up and, and sometimes you get out of sync with it. But as a player, I've been there. Um, I've done it. But, you know, we just got to continue to continue to teach and, and, uh, and talk to the young men about what things to do and not to do. Continue to coach them up. Two games left in the regular season. All right, let's go to the phone line for the first time on this Monday night. Kermit calling from Dallas. Good evening, Kermit. How are you? I'm, I'm doing fine, Charles. And good evening, Coach McNair. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Kermit, man. Hey, Coach, I, I want a quick question just from the standpoint of uh, ever since the Valley game, the offense has really been clicking. We've been putting 30-plus points on the board every game. But, you know, in putting those 30 points on the board, the offense have really had to work. It's been 90-yard drives, 80-yard drives, 70-yard drives. And those things take a lot out of the offense. And uh, 
my question is on there. Uh, if I told you today in conference play we only had four sacks and one interception, what would you be saying as a coach right now? I mean, I, 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 that's kind of kind of kind of ready. I was talking to Coach Thornton a while ago, and I said, "Man, we should be we should be leading the conference in interception, man, because we have opportunities to get them. We got the kids in place to get them, and it'll be hard to believe that that we got that. But I I I do believe that because you know the proof is in the pudding. You know, I always say you know, but just just from a standpoint of of what you're saying, and and I just have this, me and Coach Thornton just got through talking. Uh, probably about an hour ago about this about the same thing. You know, we should be leading the conference in interception right now. If you if you no know, we just do what we're supposed to do. Um, you know, it's kind of discouraging but, you know, the biggest thing is for us the offense of uh the drive that the long drive that we have. You know, defense is really making us work. Um they put good schemes together to make us work and unfortunately enough we got we, we out schemed them more than they out they out schemed us because we're still able to drive the ball. And that's that means that we're getting third down conversions, uh, we're doing fourth down conversions. So just to continue to drive, uh, eighteen play drive, you saying, and seventeen play drive, we had a lot of them, and that's because the team was just really making us work to to see if we gonna make a mistake during the course of that drive, and that's what a lot of them gonna start doing now. You know, they put a little pressure, they're applying the pressure here, but they're not giving up the big play for us and. And when we have opportunity to make that big play, just understand we have to make that big play, the explosive play we call it. That's what we're missing offensively, and we got to get back to the big explosive plays with guys making big catches downfield, uh, guys making a big run for touchdown. Uh, so we just got to get back to that. And I appreciate it. And good luck to you, Coach, the rest of the year on there. And I was, I was thinking to myself, this is the first time in seven years that many of the players may not be playing for, you know, be playing for a championship the last two weeks. And what we just want to see or what I want to see is what kind of character they're going to demonstrate now. we got to demonstrate that brave, that brave spirit and, and, and keep going into these last two games and show them what the Braves are about. Good luck to you, Coach. All right, thank you, Kermit. All right, Kermit, thank you. We, we appreciate it. Uh, we're going to take a break here. We'll look at the third quarter action as Bethune-Cookman with a 90-yard kickoff return to kind of keep them on level. We'll talk about that after this timeout here on the Fred McNair Show. It's ASU football on WBRL 91.7 FM. This Saturday, your Braves will welcome the Panthers of Prairie View A&M to Speaks Custom Stadium here on the campus of Alcorn State University. Game time, two. Pre-game, 1.30. It's high school day, so it should be a good one. Join Charles DeVos of the Braves Evans and Cedric Brooks for all the play-by-play. And Cedric Trooper, sideline reporter, and Jamario Chavez-Brooks, producer. ASU football on WPRL 91.7 FM and WPRL.org. Tune in to WPRL 91.7 FM, broadcasting from the campus of Alcorn State University. All right, welcome back to the Fred McNair program. Glad you can join us here on this Monday. Don't forget, Braves football at Jack Spinks Marino Castle Stadium, 2 o'clock, high school day. Huge game as the Braves try to keep themselves in the conversation with a win. They'll do just that. The scenario is pretty simple. The Braves have to win out. And the Panthers have to lose out, including a Panther loss on Saturday. They play Texas A&M next Saturday. And then they close out the regular season 
the last week of November against Mississippi Valley. Had a shot. Had a shot at it with the loss to Bethune-Cookman. And when we took off for Hit McNair, we were looking at that Prairie View uh, Baba State game. It was 20-10 to 10 at the half, Coach. And uh, when we landed, uh, Cedric Tillman said, man, Panthers won it. <laughs> I mean, as uh, Baba State did not score in the in the fourth quarter. But, uh, you know, we had a chance there, Coach. You know, could have handled our own business uh, to really keep things right there in front of us. But uh, you know, tough, tough sledding, obviously in Daytona. Oh, of course, you know, you just talk to talk to the players and get them to understand that you know, at the point in time we was we was going to Bethune Cookman, how how we can just win out and, and make this thing uh, right for those guys that's leaving, uh, especially the seniors. Um, and you know, you go down and and uh, beat the Bethune Cookman ball ball club and, and come back and get ready for a good preview team. Uh, uh, so. We didn't do the things we need to do to take care of our business, Charles. So that's the biggest thing that, that we have to focus on is, is this next game that we got uh, against Prairie View. All right. Uh, as we'll get to the phone lines in a moment. Marquise is standing by. We'll get to him coming up here in a few moments. All right, Coach, let's look at the third quarter. And it started off 56 seconds into the third quarter. Dylan Lee with a, with a uh, touchdown. Uh, 81-yard pass uh, there. We made it 17-14 to 14 at that point. And uh, that was a big play there in that game, Coach. Talk a little bit about that, the operations there. Two-play, 81-yard drive. It was. And, you know, Coach Thornton asked, the, asked, the, asked uh, Derek Daggery, uh, what was he doing? He was, was in straight quarters. Uh, and he got number one outside for so long, it's going to turn into man. So he had to run with him. Uh, but he took his eyes off of him, looked inside at number two. And uh, he got behind him and, and wasn't able to catch back up with him. So, you know, just a blown coverage, though. just a, just a flat-out blown coverage by him. So it was 17-14 at that point, but then we would respond as a Juan Anthony, a 34-yard pass from Felix Harper, capping off a 78-yard drive. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Juan Anthony, you know, we, we know we've got Pringle. Um, you know you got Manny Jones and Bowler. Uh, are you looking at, or are teams really focusing on Anthony, trying to get more touches there for him? Or there's a lot of football to go around and to get Juan Anthony uh, more involved. Is the defense really, you know, closing in on him? Oh, the biggest thing is that, that, that the ball spreads out to to the, to the guy that's where it's supposed to go. And I think Philly's been doing a great job of, of seeing the field lately and getting the ball to the open guys. And I think that that play there was one of them, uh, having to scramble to his left a little bit and giving the ball uh, to Juan Anthony, and then Juan Anthony, I think he did the rest. We just ran it in. So it was 24-14, to 14, and then the 94-yard kickoff by Kushan Bird that made it a 24-21 game. Just when it looked like we would get a handle on this one in the second half, then Bethune-Cookman makes a play. In this case, a big play, Fred McNair. Talk about the operation there. Where was that kick supposed to go? You know, last week we were talking about coffin corner kick, pooch kick, deep kick. What was the strategy there at this point as you looked at the returns? You know, we always we always uh, going to call a deep right or deep left uh, to where the ball was supposed to go. But at that time, once the ball was kicked, it went it went inside the hash. And uh, but nevertheless, you know, the kick was. It was a kick, but we just have to make sure we cover our lanes, and and we didn't do that. We had a guy that 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 was displaced, and where he's supposed to be, that's where the ball went, exactly where he's supposed to be. So, uh, in those terms, we have to make him work from from the bottom of the numbers. He didn't have to work from the bottom of the number. He worked right down the hash uh, where the ball was kicked to to get in that gap where the guy's supposed to be to to cover his lane. So, unfortunately, we didn't get that covered, and 
and um, the guy takes off and takes it 94 yards for a kickoff return. Yeah, that that was tough because I think at that point in the game, and that was with 10:25 left in the third quarter, if we could have just settled things down, got them off the field, got the ball back, the way we were able to move the football, we're able to create some separation. But it just shows you, you know, how special teams can can either knock you out or keep keep you around. And that you know that return kept Cookman around. It did, and uh, you know you, you would make a stop there, make them work for work for work for points instead of just giving them a get them a kickoff return and then running time off the clock and, and all that stuff plays in the fact that they're in charge. So, um, but we didn't get, we didn't, they didn't work any time off the clock during the course of that kick, uh, probably about eight seconds, if anything. So uh, we didn't get a stop there and um, they came back and made a close game again, 24-21. And then we added to that lead, 31-21, Stafford Anderson with a 19-yard touchdown run. That made it 31-21 in late third quarter, Averett, the 33-yard pass uh, from uh, Shannon Patrick. All right, so let, let's talk about that, Coach, because Black was the starting quarterback. He obviously struggled. But then um, when uh, Shannon Patrick came in the game, man, he really made some pretty good throws and a different type of quarterback in there. He stood in the pocket. He kind of reminded me of Blake Bortles just standing there spraying the ball all over the place, hung in there. And, uh, you know, we got some shots at him, but he, he got the ball where he needed to be. And especially when when you look at uh, Avery at 6'6", 260, we talked about that matchup earlier. Yeah, you know, um, uh, Shannon came in and did a great job. And we knew that going into the game that they were going to probably play both quarterbacks. Um, and one was a great runner, and, you know, Shannon came in, and he was a great passer. So was able to make that pass up for a touchdown to, to get the game back up. So it's 31-28 end of the third quarter. Uh, we're going to go to the phone lines here, and Marquise giving us a call on this Monday night. Good evening, Marquise. How are you? How you doing, Charles? Good evening. How you doing, Coach Lee? Marquise, I'm doing good, man. Man, what happened to y'all? <laughs> Marquise, I tell you, we didn't make enough plays, man. That's that's the biggest thing that, that happened. and uh, We had a lot of miscues and, and didn't make enough plays. They made more more big plays than we made, man, and uh, just kind of disappointed in, 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 in that factor. So um, that's what happened, man. We we didn't make enough plays. Yeah, but uh, this, this is my question I want to ask you. Are we are we uh, got one more chance? Marquise, I tell you, we gotta we gotta go ahead and take care of business on Saturday and and next week and and hope the worst for a preview. <laughs> but uh, we just gotta just. Continue to do what we're doing and try to win some ball game. The rest of the ball games, Marquise, and we'll let the chips lay where they fall. Yeah, cause I hope y'all win this game because we need a win. That's exactly right, Marquise. I'm with you on that, my man. All right, Marquise, yeah. thank you very much. All right, Marquise, giving us a call here on this Monday night. We'll take a break here. We'll look at the fourth quarter. Got a lot to talk about, a lot to unpack, and a special program for Alcorn legend, the late, Marino Castle, an event coming up in the next few days. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Prairie View as well. We'll take a break. We'll be back after this on the Braves Sports Network. The Old Country Store is a proud supporter of Alcorn Braves football. For the best in town home cooking like Grandmama used to do, you need to stop on by the Old Country Store and see Mr. D and his staff. You'll be glad you did. I'm getting hungry just by talking about it. The Old Country Store is open daily. For dining or carry out. And when you go by, tell Mr. D you heard on WPRL 91.7 FM. 
The Old Country Store is located at Highway 61 in Mormon, Mississippi. Look for the marquee picture of Mr. D holding that famous fried chicken. And when you go by, ask him to sing the Grandmama song. That's the Old Country Store open for business. The Old Country Store is a proud supporter of all court praise football. And remember to please be safe. You are tuned in to WPRL 91.7 FM, broadcasting from the campus of Alcorn State University. All right, as we look at the fourth quarter, the Braves with a lead of 31 to 28 at the end of the third quarter. And you talked about it earlier, Coach, in dealing with the weather conditions. It was uh, Friday. The Battle of Brands continues at City Kia. Tired of trying to find the right vehicle at Toyota, Honda, Nissan, or Mazda? City Kia to the rescue. City Kia has hundreds of Kias to choose from. Don't settle for less than a new City Kia. Upside down on your trade? Get up to 4500 over KBB fair market value. City Kia has it all. New Kia Tellurides, K5, Sorrento, Forte, Soul, and Carnival. Get all the details at citykia.com. Inter-American University of Puerto Rico in Orlando is your best option for online and in-classroom courses. Reach your goals. Your time is now. Don't wait any longer. Enroll today. Visit Orlando Inter EDU or call them at 407-218-4164. Gusting up to 40, 45 miles an hour. And on Saturday, it was sunny but windy and raw. And so what, what was the speech to your kickers, especially trying to deal with the wind? Because that was a that was an issue all day. You know, the biggest thing is you know, I wasn't really concerned about nothing but more than what we can do on the on return guy, especially the punt return um, in the sense of where the wind is, is blowing so hard and moving the ball in, in different directions and, and trying to get our punter to punt the ball in the direction of the wind was going um, in some cases. Uh, before the kickoff and stuff like that, I thought uh, Christoph did a great job of, of putting the ball where it's supposed to be. Um, you know, in terms of them just kicking the ball, just mainly just kicking it to where it needed to go. Uh, the wing going to take it away anyway, Charles. So I think he did a great job of doing that. Uh, Bo Plot did a great job of punting. Um, other than just the, the long field goal that we had the laces on, um, Keanu did a great job of, of kicking extra points uh, and making the field goals. So it was 31-28, Coach, at the end of the third quarter. As Bethune-Cookman got the ball to start the fourth quarter, third and nine, uh, from their own 47-yard line, uh, we had a pass interference coach that extended their drive right off the bat on the first play of the fourth quarter, and that got the ball to the Braves 38. Yeah, I thought that was a, that was called that may have been either way, Charles. You know, you, you you got a kid that's the ball is overthrown and he's going up for the ball and all of a sudden just runs into the guy. You know, and I think that that flag should have been kept in the pocket. So, um, but unfortunately not. Uh, we got a flag on that one. And so that extended the drive, and they moved the football to the Braves' three-yard line, and Wilson's three-yard run put Bethune-Cookman up 35-31 to with 12-27 left in the fourth quarter, Coach. So here we are. We got a ball game, 35-31. And what I was thinking at that point, Coach, in the fourth quarter, Felix Harper, close 300 yards passing. We're running the football pretty well. And we were pretty efficient and not turning the football over on offense. And we got the football with 12-16 left in the fourth quarter. And on the second play of the drive, Harper's pass intercepted by Hill Robinson. It was off Bowler's fingertips 
talk about that particular play. Yeah, that's 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 the run pass option that we do, and uh, Fees decided to throw the pass and uh, and uh, just just led him too far. He stuck his hands out and tried to try to catch it, and it comes out and gives a flexion, and the DB catches up with it and intercepts the pass. So um, just one of those things that that we try to stay away from those turnovers. Yeah, Stafford Anderson with a two-yard gain to start that drive, and then the pass intercepted. So now the defense has to step up. Coach, 11:42 left. Uh, they got the ball, Bethune-Cookman at the 30-yard line. A third down and five from the Braves' seven-yard line. Bird with the catch at the five. A strip fumble recovered, uh, forced by Kinsler. And the Braves got the football coach a much-needed turnover as we got the ball right back. You're exactly right. I think Kinsler did a great job of, of forcing a turnover, something they work on uh, during the course of the week uh, in practice is um, – the takeaways and, and creating the formals in those scenarios. And I think Kenzie did a great job. And we able to get the ball back and have a chance right there, Charles. Yeah, but we tried to get the football back. We did get it back. But then we picked up a first down and it just kind of bogged down on that drive, Coach. And we gave them the football back with about five minutes and change left. It picked up a couple of first downs. Then you had to use your timeout. So let's start on the front end of it. After getting that uh, that fumble, just one first down, and that drive really bogged down deep in our territory. Yeah, we had a couple of miscues in, uh, in, that, in that scenario charge, and, and we were not able to pick up another first down. So we decided to punt uh, and back them up a little bit and try to and try to hold them there and had three timeouts in the pocket. So uh, play a little defense and hope, hopefully uh, get them to punt against the win and get good field position going back in and, and, um, and try to score to go up um, to win the ball game. And they milked the clock. We burned the timeouts. We burned our final timeout, and it was a, a third down play in which uh, a run for right at the sticks, coach. And I saw Cedric Thornton kneeling at the chains at the football, hoping for it to be just a little bit short, and was the first down, and they ran out the clock. It was just a case of us giving up too much on first down during the whole course of that series, uh, their charge, and uh, maximize everything that we had over on the, on the sideline on the bench to put in. You know, uh, some guys is, is that haven't been used to playing a whole lot uh, in terms of the interior guys, and uh, weren't able to hold up there with the with the, with the kind of rushing attack that uh, Bethune couldn't present it. So it was a tough loss, 35 to 31. We'll go inside the numbers when we come back. Plenty of text and tweets to get to, and we'll of course get to Prairie View, a team that uh, a lot of people going in the media day didn't expect to be at this point. But uh, they got a scare last week at home versus Alabama State. They were down 20-10 to 10 and rallied in the second half. And we're going to be talking about pass, their quarterback. They spray the ball all over the place, and their defense is pretty good. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. But we'll go inside the numbers, get your texts and tweets coming up after this timeout here on the Fred McNair Show. Alcorn State University and the Trademark and Licensing Administration have joined to coordinate the placement of the university marks, both externally and internally, on items including shirts, caps, or other products. The university licenses will only use those products which reflect positively upon the university and are in keeping with the university's mission. The trademark and licensing of the Alcorn State University insignia was established to protect the Alcorn State University name and identifying marks. Trademark and licensing administration works to preserve and promote the university's longstanding reputation as a center of academic and athletic excellence. Merchandise vendors wishing to use the university's identifying marks on commercial products must be licensed vendors who have obtained permission to 
use Alcorn State University marks by securing trademark licenses. Campus organizations that want university identifying marks on their internal use products must hire licensed vendors to produce these items. To learn more about the licensing and trademark requirements, visit www.alcorn.edu slash trademark and licensing administration. All right, welcome back to the Fred McNair program. We have time for your call, 601-877-6595. You can text a question, 601-348-7254. And I'm on Twitter, Tall Man Radio. Texts and tweets have already come in. We'll get to them in a moment. All right, Coach, just, just look, looking inside the numbers, I mean, it just shows you how the game of football or any you know team sport, you look at the numbers, it just tells you a lot, and you look at the score, it tells you something else. You know, two to one, our favorite in first downs, 27 to 13, double the amount of first downs, double the amount of rushing yards, 176 to 85. Stafford Anderson with 116 yards rushing, double the rushing attempts, 44 to 23. We ran 22 more plays and 9 of 15 on third down, 4 for 4 coach in the red zone. Felix Harper, 300 yards passing. We had 476 yards of total offense. So if you look at all those numbers, Coach, Without even looking at the score, you figure, oh yeah, Braves, Braves won the football game, and I think that's you know it, that's that's tough, isn't it? It's, it's always tough, and 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 you look at some of the things that Bethune Cookman did, and in terms of their game, they've been playing, the numbers have been counted that way, you know, and uh, but you know, in, in in terms of what you want to see, is that is that is that final score number, and uh, it wasn't in favor of Alcorn, so uh, you know, you know, you can you can look at the stats and. And like I said, number one stat really mean anything to me other than um, third down conversions in terms of what I look at and for what we do um, as an offense and a defense. And, and it kind of tells a story, you know. And um, the biggest thing is that, 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 that the, the main stat was on the scoreboard. Um, we was defeated in that part. You talk about the third down, 9 of 15, including 4 for 4 in the red zone. Talk a little bit about that, Coach, that 9 of 15 you know where where you rate that that conversion, and that, that's pretty good, Charles. And, and and what you don't want, you don't want too many third downs uh, chances. You want to be first and second down, and first and second down, and go on. But uh, when it comes to third down, when they present themselves to you, you want to be able to convert those on third down. Um, so we got a chance to to get in the stats on that nine of fifteen, which is which is which is huge. Um, but at the same time, um, you don't want to give up. The third downs, either you want to get off the field on third down. Um, the thing we think we'd have that seven or 14 on third down, so you know, that's 50-50 right there. So uh, you want to be a little bit less than that um, on defensive side, uh, giving up third down conversion. We held them to 85 yards rushing, really, you know, averaging 3.7 yards per attempt, and uh, we doubled that 176. But, but was it the running game a little bit just productive enough to kind of keep you honest on defense? I mean, it, it, it does a lot to you, Charles. When when you, when you talk about the the runs and, and what they do, um, you know, it kind of kind of affects you a little bit. Uh, keeps you off balance. They threw the bubble a lot uh, on the edge and, and and things of that nature. But the biggest thing is the plays downfield that really affected us uh, in terms of what we couldn't do on defense to get off the field with the big plays down the field. So uh, I think that was the biggest thing that we that we had lacking of of the plays downfield that we should have should have had knocking down or, or maybe pick some of those plays off, um, you know, when they presented themselves. Felix Harper, 24-33 for 300 yards. Stafford Anderson, 26 carries, 115 yards, part of a 176-yard rushing effort. 
Uh, he had C.J. Bowler with 76 yards. We sprayed the ball around. Juan Anthony with 68. Pringle with 47 on three catches. You talk about the tight end. Griffin, three receptions for 46 yards. And Hunt, two receptions for 11 yards. Jeremiah Green, one for six. So talk about Green. Talk about Hunt. Uh, and obviously Griffin getting more touches here. You know, the biggest thing is we got guys over there that has, that's been playing, uh, but that's not getting the touches. And just kind of spreading the wealth around, Charles. And some of those guys... Uh, Material Hunt has been doing a great job. Got a chance to get him in action. And um, Truck uh, Griffin, he's doing a great job at the tight end spot. So uh, he'll be starting for us on Saturday and, and uh, getting him in more playing time and, and things. Um, doing a great job for us up front with the blocking scheme. So uh, just kind of keep him going and, and uh, pushing these guys in the right direction and, and making sure we continue to hold the defense off balance in what we do on the offense with the receivers. All right, so we're going to take a break here. We're going to get to your texts and tweets, and we'll preview, preview A&M as the Panthers roll into town. We'll take a break. We'll be right back after this on the Braves Sports Network. It's ASU football on WBRL 91.7 FM. This Saturday, your Braves will welcome the Panthers of Preview A&M to Speaks Castle Stadium here on the campus of Alcorn State University. Game time, two. Pre-game, 1.30. It's high school day, so it should be a good one. Join Charles DeVos of the Braves Evans and Cedric Bush for all the play-by-play. And Cedric Triple sideline reporting and Jamario Chavez, Brooks producer. ASU football on WPRL 91.7 FM and WPRL.org. are tuned in to WPRL 91.7 FM, broadcasting from the campus of Alcorn State University. All right, welcome back to the Fred McNair program, looking over the text and tweets. Let's start with uh, David from Hattiesburg. We appreciate your text. Coach, it seems like uh, there's a deficiency in the trenches. Can't seem to consistently generate pressure or stuff the run on the D-line or pass protect or maul people, as he calls it, on the, on the line. We'll lean on the transfer portal more than usual to help galvanize those positions. Talk a little bit about that. Well, I think the biggest thing is when you when you have all your all your guys, especially your starters out, uh, you tend to have that problem uh, when you've been been um, not been consistent in having all your guys in place to, to in the trenches, especially uh, to put pressure on on quarterbacks and stuff of that nature, Charles. So. Um, we've been we've been we've been that way for about the last four weeks uh, during the course of this this road this road run uh, with guys being out and and um, not being able to play uh, during the course of this four week run. So uh, we hadn't have a we hadn't had our starting since the since the last four weeks uh, inconsistently where they've been on the field at the same time. So we've been having to move around guys and put guys in place to. To, to hold up in, in the interior guys up front. All right, we appreciate that text. Uh, Brave Queen 4971. Coach, what adjustments uh, do you make on offense to pound our opponents into the ground for the last five years? Uh, I've observed the offense making the same miscues. Our title possession is low, and you have your defense on the field uh, quite a bit. We make the same you know miscues in our opponents, and it's catching up with us. How are we going to at least – the mental mistakes that you've talked about, or as they say, shooting ourselves in the foot uh, at that at that point. That's uh, that's from Brave Queen. Well, I think the biggest thing is that we the time of possession is we're giving the defense a lot of rest. Uh, you know, we just not have the guys back to 
to to plug in there, Charles. I think we 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 have any long drives to to kind of offset the time that they're on the field. So um, we just have to make sure that when we're on the field, when we're in the red zone, that we're putting it in the box to get something out of it when we make those long drive down the field. So uh, we just got to continue to push these guys and, and make sure that we're doing the right things and, and making the right calls to, to get this thing in the box down there, Charles, when we make these long drives. So I think in terms of giving the, the defense a little rest, uh, I think that we're doing that offensively and uh, not having to go so quickly. Uh, to get old guys to prop them out of rest so they can get back on the field a little fresh than, than what they have been. Uh, Mr. T, off the Twitter line, you can tweet a question, Tall Man Radio. Coach, there's a strong possibility that Prairie View could hoist the Western Division trophy on our field along with a home st- winning streak and uh, one of the, the hottest teams in the FCS in terms of a, a home field winning streak. Will that be used, obviously, as motivation uh, to keep the focus there? Because we all know the scenario here, and just to break it down, we're two games back with two games to play. We have this game with Prairie View, and we play Jackson State. Prairie View comes to Alcorn. They go to Texas A&M next week, and they host Mississippi Valley. Two out with two to play. So you know the scenario. We got to win out and hope that Prairie View loses to Valley in a couple of weeks. There's nothing else left there. That's what it will take for the Braves to go to the championship game yet again and there's been you know plenty of talk well we played Bethune on the eastern side does it it does not count you know every game in the southwestern athletic conference swack versus swack counts every team in this conference has eight conference games no more every game counts regardless of what side so every game counts we've got two games left we're two out with two to play so coach that being said just based on on the tweet you know, the motivation of not letting the Panthers. The Battle of Brands continues at City Kia. Tired of trying to find the right vehicle at Toyota, Honda, Nissan, or Mazda? City Kia to the rescue. City Kia has hundreds of Kias to choose from. Don't settle for less than a new City Kia. Upside down on your trade? Get up to 4500 over KBB fair market value. City Kia has it all. New Kia Tellurides, K5, Sorrento, Forte, Soul, and Carnival. Get all the details at citykia.com. Inter-American University of Puerto Rico in Orlando is your best option for online and in-classroom courses. Reach your goals. Your time is now. Don't wait any longer. Enroll today. Visit Orlando Inter EDU or call them at 407-218-4164. Hoist that trophy on your field. We've got a pretty good home field winning streak, and you want to keep that alive. I think, you know, the, the magnitude of this ball game. I think uh, the coaching staff know and and of course the players know the magnitude of this ball game and, and what's at stake here uh, for the Alcorn Brave football program. Uh, and I think that, you know, coming out and, and, and playing hard um, and playing with a lot of effort, um, I don't think that we need to make any any noise of, of, of trying to motivate these young men of what's going on as far as the term this weekend and what's at stake. So I think they know the magnitude of this ball game. I wish I told them earlier today. You know uh, the magnitude of this ball game after practice and, um, and what it meant uh, to the Alcorn State University Braves football program, especially here at home and speak Castle Stadium. You know, so uh, the biggest thing is we just got to get these guys ready to play as coaches uh, to play a very tough and physical ball game, uh, which I think Coach Dooley and his staff gonna bring a good ball club in here. They've been playing good for the last few weeks. They've been um, been rolling, uh, so we got to. Maximize their intensity, Charles, and what they're going to bring, they're going to bring some excitement uh, until we 
get on and, and start scoring points and making some stops, uh, they will continue to go. You know, so we got to make sure that we're doing everything in our power as a, as a coaching staff to put the young men in, in the best position as possible to to win this ball game uh, here on Saturday. Now the script's kind of been flipped, Coach. Early in the season, our defense was really playing well, and then people were wondering, well, what about the offense? When is the offense going to get get it rolling? Last couple of weeks, the offense has over 30 points against Southern and Bethune-Cookman, 88 plays that Southern ran on our defense and then just couldn't quite get off the field against the Bethune-Cookman. I know we're missing a bunch of pieces, and I know you're not one for excuses, but has that uh, has that had more of an impact than anything, the fact that we're, we're missing a bunch of pieces here? Yeah, in some cases, Charles, you know, you got you got guys out there that don't get a lot of snaps, but they get they get a proper amount of snaps to be able to to come in and play. Uh, but in terms of what we're doing and and the adjustment that need to be made, they don't get a chance to see all the adjustment that need to be made, the checks and everything like that. So um, when you have your starters in, it's automatic deal. You have you have guys up front that that really know what to do in certain situations and, and making the right calls and checks and all that kind of stuff. So uh, in terms of that. You know, we got guys that, that some of them playing their first ball game, uh, Charles. And uh, but we, like I said, we we just continue to, to get these guys ready to play uh, without making excuses. Because you put eleven men on the field, that means you're able to play football. So uh, we take it at that, and we and we continue to to make sure that we put these young men in the proper uh, position to make plays. And and in terms of that, Charles, we just gotta keep keep going and and keep fighting. Uh, these young men's gonna play with a lot of effort this weekend. Uh, because they know the magnitude of this ball game, no matter who's out there, uh, you will see the maximum amount of effort that these guys always put out uh, during the course of this season. So uh, we're gonna continue to put put in stride to 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 put together the best product that we can on the field on Saturday to win this ball game. Defensively, despite you know the individual effort, Jawan Taylor, we'll be talking with him on the pregame show. 14 tackles, he's all over the field. He's been doing an excellent job throughout the whole season, Charles, and. Uh, you know, and that's one of the guys that that we're we're hoping to put up for the for the uh, C Spire Conley Award, uh, and Jawan Taylor. So uh, he'll be hopefully he'll be recognized during the course of of that C Spire Conley presentation uh, during the course of this year, and and um, and the things that he's accomplished on the field, and a very smart kid off the field as well, Charles. So I always try to do the things the right way, uh, and he's a great leader uh, on that defense side, uh, making plays. You know. Uh, pivotal point in time, every time a play needs to be made, he's right there in the box ready to make it, so not afraid of contact. So um, kids that graduated and, and ready to move on, came back to play another season with us, and we're happy to have him. So uh, one of the kids you almost hate to see go because of the kind of player he is and the kind of person he is. So uh, he'll, he'll be very successful uh, when he leave here, Charles. After he, he leave here uh, this year, he'll be a very successful and whatever occupation that he decided to go in, uh, he's going to be successful. All right, we're going to take a time out here, a final break. Uh, we'll give you some special information about the late, great Marino Castle. A special program will be coming up here uh, later in the week. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about Preview on the other side of this timeout here on the Braves Sports Network. Alcorn State University and the Trademark and Licensing Administration have joined to coordinate the placement of the university marks, both externally and internally, on items including shirts, caps, or other products. 
The university licenses will only use those products which reflect positively upon the university and are in keeping with the university's mission. The trademark and licensing of the Alcorn State University insignia was established to protect the Alcorn State University name and identifying marks. Trademark and licensing administration works to preserve and promote the university's longstanding reputation as a center of academic and athletic excellence. Merchandise vendors wishing to use the university's identifying marks on commercial products must be licensed vendors who have obtained permission to use Alcorn State University marks by securing trademark licenses. Campus organizations that want university identifying marks on their internal use products must hire licensed vendors to produce these items. To learn more about the licensing and trademark requirements, visit www.alcorn.edu slash trademark and licensing administration. All right, welcome back to the Fred McNair program. I want to remind you that there will be a celebration in celebration of 100 years of football at Alcorn State University. There will be a tribute to the life and legacy of the late Marino H. Cassum, former legendary football coach and athletic director at set for on this campus Thursday, November 11th, in the gold room of the Clinton Bristow Junior Dining Hall. The event will kick off with a reception at 6 o'clock, followed by a tribute program at 7 o'clock, and is presented by family and friends of Coach Cassum in partnership with Alcorn State University. Coach Cassum retired in 1999 and has been enshrined in the several Hall of Fames, including the Alcorn State Sports Hall of Fame, Southern Athletics Hall of Fame, the SWAC Hall of Fame, the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame, the College Football Hall of Fame, the Black College Football Hall of Fame, and the National Association of Collegiate Director of America Hall of Fame. Coach, I mean, what more can you say about uh, the late, great Marino Castle? The first time I met him, when he was uh, interim athletic director here, he told me, he said, I tell you what, tough times never last, but tough people do. And I guess that's that, that's kind of where we are right now. These are some tough times, and this is where you got to dig within yourself and, and figure out a way here these last couple of games. kind of kind of uh, reflective of, of what some of the things that Coach Castle talked about. And you're exactly right, Charles. And, and, and back when I was coming out of high school, uh, Coach Castle recruited me coming out of high school uh, back in 86. And uh, um, such, a, such a great person. Uh, got a chance to meet him uh, uh, many times before he left going to Southern to be the athletic director um, when, I, when I first came to Alcorn. Uh, but, you know, I got a chance to meet him at a couple of the, the SWAC championship games that were played in Houston. Got a chance to talk to him for, for, for several minutes. And just a very inspirational guy, man. And, um, you know, he's done a lot for this university and, and his legacy always carry on and it will forever continue. Uh, just a great mentor. Um, in, 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 in a lot of people's eyes, Charles, and especially the guys that, that really play for him. Again, a special program uh, Thursday in the gold room of the Clinton Bristow Jr. Dining Hall. The event will kick off with a reception at 6 o'clock, followed by a tribute program at 7, and is presented by family and friends of Coach Kassam in partnership with Alcorn State University. All right, Coach, let's look at the Prairie View A&M Panthers Wait, did we expect this on media day back in July that Prairie View would be uh, would be where they are, and who would, th- who would have thought we would be where we are? But that's the way these things go. So let's look at the, this Panther team. They got a scare. I think they got a wake up call. Twenty to ten, they were down at home. At Bama State. It was their homecoming, and uh, they shut them out in the second half, one twenty four to twenty. They got a quarterback coach in Jawan Pass, who's only been six, sacked six times. He's a grad student from Columbus, Georgia, 1,441 yards passing, 
uh, in SWAC games, 10 TDs, three interceptions. So it starts and stops with pass. What do you see in this guy at 6'4", 228 that we're going to be looking at Saturday? Big, strong, physical quarterback that they got a very, very strong arm. Uh, throw the ball well downfield. Um, intermediate pass is okay. Uh, but in the running game, they'll run, they'll run some power with him, some outside, inside zone stuff, and, and just try to create stuff with his feet a lot of time too, Charles. So um, you got to really put pressure on him and, and make him throw some of the ball up to us uh, instead of them receivers that he got. They have they were averaging 33 points a game. That's number two in the conference behind uh, Jackson State. When you look at them running the football, they've got a Grambling transfer in LaDamian Brooks. He's got five touchdowns on the season. Another grad student, uh, 5'8", 170, a scat back from Austin, Texas, a Grambling transfer. So are they more pass-happy? Are they more run-happy? Are they they balance the scales? They, they pretty much balance, y'all. They're going to do a lot. Uh, I think it's more predicated on uh, what, the, what the defense gives you. Um, and hopefully we're not going to try to give them too much, Charles. And, we're going to try to be a little stingy with them this, this weekend coming. So um, try and shut all that stuff down that they got going on with the passing and, of course, the running game they got with, with Brooks. So um, we just got to make sure that we know where these guys at at all time, um, especially that quarterback that's going to step back through and throw it around the yard. Defensively, they're number three overall, number two against the rush, number two against the pass. They have 21 sacks. They have eight interceptions led by Drake Cheatham with four picks and Jason Dumas with seven and a half sacks. Over the years, when you talk about this Prairie View team and Coach Dooley, who's former offensive coordinator at Grambling, we know his teams can score points. Since he's taken over at Prairie View, they can score points. But can they stop people? And it looks like they're getting off the field. They shut out Alabama State in the second half. They've won some high-scoring games by getting off the field late and their defense making big plays. This is probably the best defensive team Coach Dooley has had at Prairie View. Yeah, Coach Miller, defense coordinator, is doing a pretty good job with those guys up front uh, in Dumas and uh, and Troy James, uh, those guys in the secondary. Uh, Drake Cheatham, you know, uh, Miller Miller and I played together in the Arena Football League in Albany, New York. I know Miller very well, so uh, he's been doing a great job with Dooley. Him and Dooley really um, raised together, come up together. They did a, they was together a, a lot, so the best friends, so uh, makes a whole lot of sense to to bring Miller in to be the D coordinator uh, for them, and uh, he's been doing a great job here so far. So that's one of the things that that you know I admire about this defense. They they very stingy. So we got our work cut out for us, and uh, I think the offensive staff we have will put together a good game plan for these for this team. Coach, I tell you what, I feel different. You know, normally this time of year, we're talking about controlling things. It's it, it's it's our race to lose feels a little different this time of year. What, second week in November? We're used to being on the other side of this thing. Now we we got to be Prairie View and get some help. Uh, it kind of feels different. And But this is where you bring your own guts, pride, all that stuff comes in in a game like this. Because the bottom line is if we don't win Saturday, Prairie View wins the West. And you don't want that to happen right out here at Jack Spanks Marino Castle Stadium. I pretty much say it well, Charles. And, and that's the thing that – that the young man know here, um, know his ex-state, know the magnitude of this ball game that's going to be played on Saturday. So um, coach staff will put together a well, well, good game plan for, for us to come out and execute and hope we execute it well in terms of everything that we need to do to get this win on Saturday, Charles. So uh, we'll have a very standard preview team coming in. Uh, not going to try to give you too much, but we got to go out and take 
just about everything we're going to earn on this salary charge. So we got to be very efficient and uh, very effective in what we do uh, this coming Saturday um, in terms of offensive, defensive, special team. Efficient and effective. I want to ask you about trying to get by the Bethune game mentally. I mean, we when the game was over, we got on the bus, we flew right out. We were home by 6.30 Saturday night. Uh, what was the team's attitude and just trying to get unpack that game and get by it as quickly as you can emotionally and mentally? I had a good day of practice today, and, and uh, I think everything went pretty well in terms of what we tried to get done. As far as the first uh, day of practice, uh, they was off on Sunday, off on yesterday, came back today, very excited about being on the football field again, and then put that game behind us. So, you know, give them a chance to, to watch it on Sunday on the 360 deal on DV Sports. So, uh, they got a chance to watch, so we don't have to spend too much time with them and get them to understand the mistakes that we made and that occurred in the course of the Bethune Cooking a Ball game. Um, what we need to do to correct that, and I think that, that the, the team meeting went well this morning in terms of what I was trying to get them to understand um, in terms of this game coming up. So uh, push Bethune away and and, um, and get ready for a good prayer team that's coming in. So uh, the scout report that we gave them this morning is very accurate. Uh, with the defense and the offense and what they're going to do. And uh, we just got to make sure we're doing everything um, uh, well on special teams in terms of giving us a chance to to, to make plays on special teams. And, of course, you know, offensive defense got to be more explosive. Uh, we got to make plays. We got to make plays on both sides of the ball. We got to create turnovers. Uh, we got to make explosive plays on offense. We got to do all those things the right way to give ourselves a chance to, to win this ball game. Uh, we got to play flawless, Charles, as they can say. You know, we can't can't have no mistakes. Uh, we just got to come out and compete and play with a lot of effort. We were coming off the road, four straight on the road. Last game on this four-game stretch. Do you think the road wore us down? Well, you know, Charles, and, and, and the thing is, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't like making excuses for for this program, and I never will. I never would take that and say that's the reason for us to lose these two games. I'm not going to do that. I think the, the the thing that we have to do is execute and uh, and make sure that we plan hard with effort. Uh, we execute, everything is fine. We don't have turnovers, everything is fine. So we make the plays on defense when we're supposed to make them, everything is fine. So I'm not going to sit here and make an excuse because we were going to roll for four games um, that, that, is, that, that is different. Uh, we played a six-game road trip before. Uh, what's two more? So uh, what we got to do is come out and play – um, a, a big ball game on Saturday here at home um, and, and, and make sure that we're doing everything the right way to, to put these kids as coaches in a position to win a ball game. Um, so they got to come out with the attitude that they're going to they gonna execute the stuff that's called. And that's that's the bottom line to it. You, you talk about explosive uh, plays. Sacks are always explosive plays on defense. And you, you talked about it a little bit earlier. Just four sacks. Talk a bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's 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 tough, uh, especially when you don't have the guys up front to 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 get to those sacks, uh, charge, and and that's what we've been lacking of up front. You know, our guys up front has been missing. You know, and we don't have those guys up front, but we still have guys that still need to get to the quarterback, uh, regardless of who they are. Uh, we still have guys that need to get to the get to the quarterback. First sack, we had opportunities. We had opportunities Saturday. We missed a sack Saturday. Uh, so the opportunities are for us. We just got to make the play when it's time. Uh, so, you know, just credit, you know, the coaches for what they're doing and trying to put the guys in, in the right place to make the play. Uh, but, you know, they got to – and I told them about heart this morning, Charles. I told them, it's all, it's all about the heart, you know, and, and, and what you desire to do. 
Um, you got to make those plays. It, it come within. Uh, it's it's all about wealth within uh, themselves to make plays, and um, and that's something that we just been been lacking on for the last two weeks. It's just somebody just making a play, you know, whether it's offensive, defense, or special team. And we we talked about what hasn't been happening or what needs to happen. So you look at this two game stretch here. What are some of the things that is pleasing to you and that you can build off of for these next two big games? You know, as far as what we've been doing offensively, executing the ball and uh, and, and 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 just take away the turnovers, uh, we'll, we'll be fine. Uh, defensive wise, we just got to make we got to make we got to make the play. We got to make the play when the ball is there. It kind of feel like it's ours. Uh, so we got to make those plays. Um, you know, we got to we got to tackle better. And and when it when it when it when it come down to to making a sack, when it presents itself, you got to make that play back there in the backfield. Uh, now we're looking at a negative play, which would be an explosive play for the defense. You know, anytime you get in the seventh, it's an explosive play for our defense. You know, so we just got to get in no terms to where we got to get back to create more turnovers uh, on defense. So uh, in terms of that, what we got to do, we got to play a, a excellent, um, uh, safe, and not have no mistakes, free ball game. So uh, that's what we got to do to win this ball game coming out on Saturday. Coach, it'd be a good one. It's senior day, obviously, the last uh, regular season home game. So that's another thing. Seniors don't want to go out on uh, senior day on their final game at home, regardless of what sport. I've seen players in tears uh, when they lose their senior day, and that's that's something you don't want to have happen. I'm going to say it's almost like homecoming, Charles. You don't want to lose, you don't want to lose homecoming. And uh, senior day is no different. Uh, you got these guys going to be playing their last last collegiate game at home, um, you know, and they, they, they want to go out with a bang, and, and it's up to the underclassmen to make sure that these guys do it. You know, they go out uh, and play with effort and put these guys out on a winning, a winning streak at home. So, uh, nevertheless, we get ready for the next game and, and make sure that we're doing everything to, to secure another win. Uh, but right now, is, uh, the Prairie Panthers is, is our focus, and we'll get ready for them this week. Uh, starting starting today, and uh, and just had to come out and just play our eight brand of ball game uh, with no mistakes and uh, and play flawless. Coach, let's go get them. Go Braves. That'll do it for the Fred McNair program. Sitting uh, off of the distance is uh, Ambria Dorsey, who does a great job in getting with Coach with, with other interviews and stuff. She's checking us out, and uh, we might be using her down the stretch. So she, we appreciate her coming by and checking us out. That'll do it for the Fred McNair program. Check us out Saturday at 1.30 for the pregame show. Kickoff at 2 o'clock. We're going to be talking with uh, Juwan Taylor on the pregame show. And at the half, we will talk a little basketball. Basketball preview start this week. We'll talk with Lady Braves head coach Nate Kilbert. He'll join us at halftime. That'll do it for the Fred McNair program. Thanks for all the calls, texts, and tweets. We'll do it all over again next Monday night. So long. Inter-American University of Puerto Rico in Orlando is your best option for online and in-classroom courses. Reach your goals. Your time is now. Don't wait any longer. Enroll today. Visit Orlando Inter-EDU or call them at 407-218-4164.